grace and peace, love and mercy from God our Father, through Jesus Christ, our risen Savior and Lord. Amen. Text for our meditation this evening, the Old Testament reading we heard just a moment ago, Jeremiah 8, 4 to 12, especially these words. How can you say, we are wise, and the law of the Lord is with us? Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, over the last several months, we have had to wrestle with a very important question. What is truly essential? That question's been everywhere. We're in the middle of a worldwide pandemic. Stay home. Don't go out. Only go out for essential things. Only go out if you are an essential worker at an essential business. And so for the last five months or so, we have wrestled with, struggled with, argued about, debated on what is truly essential. Now, five months in, just think back. What things, based on people's activity, what things are truly essential? Well, you gotta eat. So groceries are truly essential. You gotta pay your bills. So work is truly essential, but not all work qualifies. Some work is more essential than others. Who decides? Good question. What is essential? Well, apparently, Abortion is essential because Planned Parenthood clinics were, remain, were allowed to remain open. Church, not so much. Come on, if you love others, you'll close down at least for a few weeks, which turns into a few more weeks. In some places, they still are not allowed to conduct corporate worship services as we are here. What is truly essential? Well, most people couldn't be living right now without the internet. Working from home, Netflix binges, that's gotta be essential, right? To listen to the pundits on TV and radio, Husker football, absolutely essential. The economy cannot survive without it. A pastor making a visit to a member who's sick, hospitalized, afraid, dying. Sorry, that didn't make the essential list. We could go on and on. The point here is the wisdom of the world isn't very wise. 
everybody has a different idea about what is truly essential. School, a vaccine, a mask, everybody has a different idea. The wisdom of the world is fickle. The wisdom of the world is fleeting. The wisdom of the world often lies, telling you exactly what you want to hear. My friends, God's word for tonight paints a stark contrast between the wisdom that comes from God and the wisdom that comes from the world. Tonight, the Holy Spirit through the prophet Jeremiah is teaching us what is truly essential. Another way to say that might be the first commandment way. Whatever is the most important thing to you, whatever is essential, is your God. The thing that you can't live without. We should fear, love, and trust in God above all things. And yet, by the way we act, think, move, debate, tweet, post, interact, fight, many times we give the impression that we have lots of gods and the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, barely makes the list. Throughout the scriptures, God teaches us the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. What does that mean? F-A-I-T-H. Faith. Not some generic faith. But true faith, saving faith in the one true God who created us, redeemed us, and called us to faith. Without faith, without faith in the one true God, all of our wisdom, no matter how well intended, will always leave us wanting. Wanting more. Jeremiah says, again, Speaking for God, you shall say to them, Thus says the Lord, When men fall, do they not rise again? If one turns away, does he not return? Common sense. What do you do when you fall down? You get up. What do you do when you take the wrong turn? You turn around and get on the right road. Common sense. We do this kind of stuff all the time. God says, then why can't you do this when it comes to my word? Why can't you do this when it comes to the way I have called you to live, move, and have your being? Why then has this people turned away in perpetual backsliding? We don't use that word much anymore, do we? That's, that's kind of an old 1940s or 50s term by the fire and brimstone preachers talking about backsliders. What's a backslider? 
Somebody who pretends to be a Christian but really isn't one. Somebody who says they're a Christian but they couldn't care less about God's Word or the corporate services of his house. Someone who says they're a Christian but does not hunger and thirst for Christ's body and blood. They're a backslider. The people of God at that time had turned to perpetual, ongoing backsliding. Why? They hold fast to deceit. They refuse to return. They've strayed away. And they don't want to come back. Straight away from the path that God has laid for them. The path of God's word. And they're quite content being lost. Well, why doesn't God do something about it? God explains. I have paid attention. I have listened. But they have not spoken rightly. No man relents of his evil, saying, what have I done? My friends, don't be deceived. God knows exactly what you're doing. God knows exactly what you're thinking. God knows exactly what you're posting. God knows. He pays attention. He pays attention and He listens. He listens when we cry out to Him. When we cry out to Him in our thoughts, in our prayers, in our anguish, in our growing. And He is listening for something specific. He wants us to speak rightly. What does that mean? He wants us to admit who we are. Sinners. Poor, miserable sinners. Sinners who have wandered away from the truth. Sinners who are truly sorry. Sinners who are begging for the forgiveness that comes from a gracious and merciful God. He's listening. He's paying attention. He knows. He desires. He wants all people to be saved. He wants all people to be forgiven. He wants all people to come to a knowledge of the truth. He wants all people to think that He is essential. And his heart breaks. His heart breaks. Why? Everyone turns to his own course. Like a horse plunging headlong into battle. We've seen those movies, haven't we? Where there's a, a wall of warriors. A wall of spears. A wall of bricks. And what does the horse do? Plunges headlong into it. Why? Because of the person driving the horse. My friends, sometimes we're like that horse. And the question is, what or who is controlling the reins. What or who is driving us? In Galatians 5, the Apostle Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, says, Walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. 
For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. My friends, what's driving you? What's driving your heart, your mind? What's driving your decision with regard to what is essential? Is it the devil, the world, and your own sinful flesh, the passions of lust, the passions of sin? Or is it the Holy Spirit, the one who has called you to faith, the one who delivered Good Friday and Easter to you in, the holy, in holy baptism, the one who keeps you in the one true faith through his word and his sacrament? Well, examine yourself. That's what God is calling each of us to do. Examine yourself. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you as I warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. You know, when you have a long laundry list of sins like that, we can always find four or five that, I didn't do that. And when we have a long laundry list of sin like that, you can guarantee that there's nowhere to hide. We're busted. Over these last five months, Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality has skyrocketed. Why? People are stuck at home with the internet. But the most painful thing to see, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, Envy. My friends, there are no statistics for these. But if you're honest, you know that they are at an all-time high as well. Paul contrasts that with the fruits of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. My friends, if you are down and depressed, if you are filled of anger and hate and enmity and envy, repent! Repent! You are following the wisdom of the world instead of the wisdom of God's Word. The wisdom of God's Word always results in the fruit of the Spirit. You want love? Hear what God says. Greater love has no one than this that He laid on His life for His friends. 
There's only one who has truly laid down his life for his friends, and that's Jesus. Not only his friends, but his enemies. He laid down his life for you. That is love. As Christ has loved us, so we love one another. You want joy in your life? Well, don't listen to the false prophets who are saying, peace, peace, out of one side of their mouth, or joy, joy, out of the other side of their mouth when they're just simply telling you what you want to hear. Telling you that your favorite pet peeve or idol is essential. There's only one thing that is essential. And that is Christ Jesus, the Word of God that has taken on flesh and blood, lived and died and risen from the dead for you, for your forgiveness, life and salvation. My friends, this is essential. For without Christ, without the forgiveness of sins, it doesn't matter if you live to be 150 virus free. You're going to die and go to hell. My friends, true joy, true love, true peace, true kindness, true patience flows, flows from the free gift of Jesus Christ for you, for me, and for the life of the world. My friends, peace, peace comes from Jesus. That's no lie. Peace, peace in the midst of turmoil, in the midst of protesting in the midst of, oh no, college football, in the midst of pandemic, in the midst of whatever ails you or bothers you or worries you, true peace is found in one place and one place only. Jesus Christ. It's a great hymn that teaches us one thing's needful, Lord, this treasure Teach me highly to regard all else, though it first give pleasure, is a yoke that presses hard. Beneath it the heart is still fretting and striving, no true lasting happiness ever deriving. This one thing is needful, all others are vain. I count all but loss that I Christ may obtain. My friends, Jesus, he's essential. May God bless us with hearts that confess and believe this truth. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which far surpasses all understanding, keep our hearts, our minds, our lives, our love in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. There's only one way that we can believe the wisdom of God and reject the wisdom of the world. And that's because God has given us a new heart. We stand and sing our offertory, Create in me a clean heart, O God, page 192.
Peace be.